Hi everyone, it's Karen Pollard here and my co-host Joey Deganji from The Teal Podcast, which is all about finding the resources you need to effectively manage food allergies without missing out on life's best moments. Hi everybody, welcome to The Teal Podcast. You're here with me, Karen Pollard, and my co-host Joey Deganji. And today we have the pleasure of speaking with John Eshelby, who is the founder of Arc Solutions Limited, who provide emergency uh, allergy and anaphylaxis kits and asthma kits to schools. Um, if I got that right, John. <laughs> you did. Yeah, you did. Brilliant. Fantastic. So, John, you're actually from a farmer background. Um, do you want to tell us a little bit, because obviously you've spent a lot of time in working for big pharma corporations, why you decided to go from farmer to founder? Yeah, um, it happened really about three years ago. Um, so as you said, I've, I've been in big pharma for, um, or, or pharma, sorry, uh, for around about 20 odd years. Uh, and I found myself in a, in a position where the company I was working for was being acquired. Um, and I had a, you know, a choice to make really. Uh, and in my previous role, uh, one of the products, or there were two products really, which I looked after um, overarchingly. And one was EpiPen, um, and one was a product called Dimester, which was for hay fever. Okay. So my journey sort of like started about seven years ago um, with these two products. Um, and then when it came to the, the transition with the, the company acquisition, um, I decided that I wanted to step out of pharma uh, and at the time um, guidelines had changed in the UK with regards to adrenaline auto-injectors um, and I'd spoken to a few people to see whether or not because of the changing guidelines and these guidelines were specifically for holding spare pens in schools and whether or not people are actually implementing these guidelines and it, and it turned out really that they weren't and there were a few reasons behind that. So we started ARC really um, to try and educate people and to, to, to help people to implement those, those sort of the, the, you know, the legislation and the guidelines for schools and to ultimately to, to save a life. Right. So how did you come up with the idea of the kits? Um, well, I had various conversations with specialist healthcare professionals um, in the allergy community. And I also worked very closely as well with, with Allergy UK. So I had an awful lot, uh, or a, a lot of people to draw on. And it was, it was one of those situations where um, it was just, it was, it was a very simple, simple solution. Um, but people weren't sure what to put in the kits. People weren't sure how to purchase the kits. So that's where the that's where the idea came from, and 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 having talked to you know the likes of Allergy UK and, and other healthcare professionals, you know, and asking them openly, would this would this be something that the, the that schools would find useful, um, and they were in one hundred percent agreement it would be. So we then went to schools uh, and showed them a, a a draft kit, as you were, and asked them as well, is is this something that you know you think that would benefit. Uh, helping safeguard children in schools and and again you know it was it was a categoric yes um so that that's that, that's how it all sort of mm -hmm. like started really okay and uh, you've so this year's been a big year for you in terms of developing and getting everything ready 
but we've had the big C, COVID, which has impacted us all. What impact has it had on, on yourself and your business? Um, um, well, COVID's just been sort of like one of the hurdles along the way for us, to be perfectly honest. Um, you know, we had this idea two and a half, nearly three years ago, and um, we've had, you know, quite a few hurdles along the way. Um, the first one being that when we were about to launch, suddenly there became a, a supply issue in the market, a global supply of adrenaline. Um, so we couldn't actually fulfill uh, any kits in that respect. So, you know, that was our first hurdle. Um, and then when we were about to launch again, which was around about the March time of this year, mm. um, suddenly COVID hit. Um, and obviously our, our market is schools. Uh, mm. And then when we heard that schools were being uh closed then it yeah i mean it, it stopped our launch in the tracks uh, in its tracks effectively um so we couldn't really do anything um other than try and develop um more material for our website develop educational material for our website put some mm. blogs out there so from a financial point of view yes it's been disastrous but at the same time as well we put that time to good use in you know building our relationships as well within the community um, but trying to give something back uh, you know back to the community as well with with the platform that we've developed so yeah it's 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 not been the greatest but it just like with everybody else you know it's 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 been awful for everybody else as well so yeah. you know we, we don't you know we're not licking our wounds and feeling sorry for ourselves in any way shape or form we know that there are an awful lot of people out there who are, who are far worse off than us mm. um but uh, but yeah no, it's, it's not been great but you know we we move on yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. Mm. and trying to educate more consumers because i think that's something that's really important you know one of the reasons that Karen and I started this podcast was because we want people to understand what resources they have at their disposal, where they can find them. So tell us a little bit about some of the different educational programs and content that you're putting out on your website. Yeah. Well, I mean, going back to um, my pharmaceutical days, I, I'm, I'm in a fortunate position in the fact that I, you know, I was, I was head of marketing with a company that, that had EpiPen as, as one of its main products. So I've lived and breathed anaphylaxis and epipen and other auto injectors um, for a long long time so I sort of knew that what was out there in the marketplace um, mm -hmm. but uh, and, and I knew that there are some very good companies as well who are putting good information out there but we could com come at it from a completely different angle because we had not only did we have the, um, uh, the, the experience let's say from a pharmaceutical background we had the experience as well in uh, out in the community too um, so, you know, working with people like Allergy UK, um, you know, we've, we've put together some, uh, we, we've tried to answer questions that may potentially be out there, such as, um, you know, can you administer adrenaline auto injector uh, on mm. a person, you know, from a legal perspective, you know, mm. you know, what does the law state? So we've, we tried to, you know, unwrap that for them, uh, for people and, and make that, you know, make that a lot easier for people to understand. Mm. Um, so, I mean, the, you know, right from the beginning of, of me getting involved in allergy, what, one thing that's very, very clear is that, you know, we, it's educate, educate, educate. Right. Um, and, and that's, that's what we try to do really. Yeah. So with, with ARC coming into, you know, coming into existence, you know, what we didn't want to do is just provide, um, a, a solution that you can put on your wall or you can put in your minibus. We wanted to take it a step, a lot, you know, a few steps further, further from that, 
Yeah. Um, so to actually be seen as a, a valued partner for schools. So if they did have questions um, or they, they wanted to look up uh, anything about anaphylaxis or, or for asthma for that matter, then they could come to our website and, uh, and hopefully find that resource. Yeah, yeah. And along the lines of educating, where do you find the gaps in knowledge lie then? I wouldn't necessarily say it's 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 gaps. And I mean, if you if you are a, a a an allergy sufferer or someone who let's say has anaphylaxis, then I think the education within the family is is very good. Yeah. However, as you start to move further out from from that nucleus, uh, the, that nucleus of people, then the the education and the and the, and the I suppose the way the training get, gets a lot lot worse, just like with any disease. So. You know, if if you were to if you were to stop somebody on the street and you were to say to them, "Do you know what anaphylaxis is?" Then I would probably say one out of ten um, would know what it is, mm. uh, and the rest really really wouldn't unless they're affected by it. Um, mm. So I think the gap I is that it, it it's really educating the general public as to how severe anaphylaxis can be because yeah. it can kill you in seconds or minutes yeah. rather, um, and you know, not people, not many people know that. Um, and, and, a, and from a training point of view as well, I think the most important thing is, is the, is knowing how to use the adrenaline auto injector as well. Mm -hmm. um, you, you'll, you, you know, if, if you're involved with an allergy, you'll see over time, over a long, long, long period of time, it's educate on how to use this auto injector. You must know how to use this one over uh, another one that may have been prescribed to you in the past um, mm. and you know I always ask myself the question that you know if someone were or if, if someone in my, within my family were to be having an anaphylactic reaction you know could I look myself in the mirror and be 100% confident that I could actually administer yeah. that adrenaline auto injector yeah. and I'm sure there are a lot of people out there who think they can but if they were actually put in that situation would they panic because they they actually you know they're sort of lying to them I suppose in a way lie to themselves a little bit Mm. um so it, it you know it's it's training down that route as well it's the basics getting the basics right mm -hmm. you're also known as mr anaphylaxis self-proclaimed or within the industry as well <laughs> what would <Right>. you say <laughs> what would you say that um some of the biggest myths around anaphylaxis are that you think would you'd like to debunk here today some of the biggest myths um to be honest, it, it, I suppose it goes back to what I was just saying. People don't appreciate how serious mm -hmm. anaphylaxis can be. Um, if you speak to someone about allergy, they'll immediately think that you've got hay fever. Um, mm -hmm. And it, it, it's, you know, that, that's not life-threatening at all in any mm -hmm. way, shape or form. It, it could be debilitating for you, but it's mm -hmm. not life-threatening. Mm -hmm. um, so it, it's, I wouldn't necessarily, it's, it's debunking a myth, mm -hmm. it's, it's I suppose it's creating that it's breaking through the barrier and creating that awareness that that this is a serious condition and this is it may not affect you know a lot of people mm -hmm. but you know would you want to be that one person no I definitely wouldn't want to be that yeah. one person and I you know having listened to listened to your you know your previous podcast um I know that you know there are people out there who who start these companies because they suffer from anaphylaxis or suffer from from an, an allergy i i don't i mean i i get 
I get bad hay fever sometimes, sometimes, um, and that's as far as it goes. Mm-hmm. Um, so my passion for this hasn't come from being a sufferer myself. My passion from this has come from getting to know the market through my previous job, mm-hmm. getting to know the people, you know, within allergy as well, and that's, you know, the the charities, etc., uh, yeah. and talking to healthcare professionals, and really truly seeing from an outsider the impact it has on other people. Mm. what do you think the biggest challenges for for those organizations are then as an outsider viewpoint um i suppose in a way it's getting the share of voice um Mm. you know you you have large uh corporate or large charities such as asthma uk which is a great charity and extremely well known or diabetes uk great charity extremely well known Mm. you know but if you would speak to somebody say had you heard of allergy uk or anaphylaxis campaign they they probably wouldn't know them Mm -hmm. um, because they're they're not on the radar as as one of those diseases in let's say cardiovascular or, Mm. or or respiratory so it's it's gaining that momentum for them and, and, and really giving them the, the platform and the, uh, yeah. the, the ability to, to actually shout about how serious this condition is. That's, I think that's the biggest, um, the biggest hurdle for them and, and has been for, for a long time. Yeah, yeah. And what, what part do you see yourself personally playing in that moving forward then? Well, I mean, we work, we work in partnership um, with, with Allergy UK on the kit. Um, mm-hmm we took it we you know we sat down with them right from the beginning and we said this is what's going to go in the kit what do you think do you like the color um what do you think to the leaflets they then said could you change the color um and we said no we can't change the color um so um you know we're we're trying to help them in 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 that way um so you know we will we put their logo on on our on our kits we put their logo on on our website and where we can we we promote um allergy uk in fact we're for every kit sold schools um we're donating a a pound to allergy uk as well so you know that could be um you know a small amount hopefully not hopefully it's a very very large amount um so you know we we're doing our bit when but you know we are uh like a lot of people in allergy we you know we're not a huge organization there's mm-hmm. there's two of us really um who uh look after the day-to-day data running off of uh of arc um so we, we don't have the the resources let's say of your, of your large l- larger companies but you know we do what we can to try and you know increase their profile and increase the profile of allergy as a whole yeah um, what advice would you have then, John, for saying or somebody in a similar position or wanting to enter into the same kind of space, wanting to start a business? Because so, there is has been such an emergence of entrepreneurship this hmm. year, I've noticed. Having been through a lot of learning curves yourself, what advice would you give? Uh, um, expect the unexpected. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I mean, that, I mean, you good? Yeah. 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 Yeah, I mean, to to be honest, it it, it really it, it it is as as you know everyone you know you talk about what's your contingency plan, um, mm-hmm. you know, and we, I'll be honest with you, we didn't we didn't have a contingency plan for COVID, definitely not. Um, yeah. And um, when it came to the you know let's say the stock um, of of adrenaline, you know, globally, mm-hmm. we didn't have a contingency plan for you know for that, um, especially for the amount of time that. Um, the stock was going to be out of you know out of supply. I mean that that lasted for about eighteen months. So 
you know there are certain things which you know are out of your control but i think you just have to you know just keep one eye on on that um you know just in case we couldn't have you know we couldn't have affected it and at the end of the day if we don't have adrenaline we we can't fulfill our kit so you know hence no contingency but for something like covid you know no we definitely no contingency there so you know i one thing i would say is you know I, I, I took a risk moving into the pharmaceutical industry a long, long time ago. Uh, I was asked to move to London overnight when I used to work in Sheffield, and I did it. And, and I've stayed, I've stayed in the pharmaceutical industry mm-hmm. uh, ever since. Um, and you know, I've taken a risk doing what I'm doing now, moving out of pharmaceuticals and, and into this. Um, and it, but what I would say is, you know, if you feel passionately about it, then I think you have to take that risk. I would rather be sat here saying, um, "Well, I, I tried." Um, as opposed yeah. to um, what if mm. so yeah. so that's that's that, that would that would be my advice yeah. my advice would, would, would definitely be go for it you know yeah. only live once mm. is there a plan b <laughs> always plan b there is no plan b <laughs> failure is not an, an option <laughs> um, that, i mean there is there is there is a plan b there are things that we you know that myself and my, my business partner are, are doing in the background as well which is more of a, a long-term project, um, mm-hmm. to be honest. But to, to be to be to be perfectly frank, you know, we are we are so emotionally attached to this product now, uh, and uh, you know, uh, and and the uh, and the disease area as well. Yeah. You know, if we were going to if we were going to sort of quit and, and throw the towel in, we would have done it a long, long time ago. Um, yeah. You know, I, I speak to quite a few people, and they say, "How have you kept your motivation levels up?" And I said, "Well, you know, I, I enjoy what I'm doing, and I know that this could potentially save a life, you know, further down the line. So, you know, we are going to carry on with this, and we are going to do it because, you know, we we want we want to make school a safer place for you know for for all children." Yeah, definitely. We've found that, Joey, haven't we? It's yeah. very very similar experience, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. You keep the uh, the mission at the heart of everything you do, and it's really you you always find another way to keep at it and keep going. Yeah, that's you do, and you and even if you don't, um, you know, even if uh, let's say you know for the last month, you know, a few months or so, we you know we've not been in a position that we've been able to sell any kits, um, mm-hmm. and we haven't. But you know, along the way, you know, you, you speak to people, and and they they give you a boost, uh, even though it's it's not you know you, you're not placing your kids in the school they give you a boost and they you know just by telling you that you're doing a really good thing here yeah and you know they really like the kids and they can just see you know what a fantastic product this yeah. you know this is going to be um and, and that that really helps you so it's yeah. those motivational factors are, are really important yeah definitely it is it is a great product it, the, the question that comes to my mind is why hasn't why hasn't this been done before? Why haven't we seen something like this before? Yeah. You're obviously filling a very important void there, aren't you? I think um, uh, there are two there are two things here. There's it, p- people have people do do this. Um, there are other companies out there who, or, or let's say they 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 sort of do this. They're fifty percent there. Um, where they will sell a box which is empty and then you can buy the adrenaline or salbutamol and to put in in the kit yourself mm-hmm. but um, there are there are an awful lot of regulatory steps you need to go through as well um, right. with with the kits um, because at the end of the day you're putting prescription on your medication 
mm. you know, in in a, in a kit for for schools. So clearly, there's you know there are going to be an awful lot of regulations that you don't need to have to adhere to. Um, hence the reason why we you know we've partnered with a company called Arcadia Medical because they currently sell um, supply the NHS um, with bespoke kits. Um, so we know that their processes are audited uh, and are comply with you know all the legislation uh, and they are you know they fit very well with us as well because they um they're a, a family orientated company they're quite they're quite small but they're very passionate about what they're doing passionate about um you know improving people's lives um yeah. and this fits very well um for them um so yeah it's there's a there's it's it, i think it's it's difficult for a lot of people um because of that um because they would need to partner with some with somebody but at mm. the same time as well do you you know it, it's having that that knowledge as well that background it, it's been a, a let's say simpler for us because of my my background in speaking to healthcare professionals specialist healthcare professionals mm. uh, and speaking you know sitting down with LAG uk i i just i happen to have those contacts um Mm -hmm. uh, and I wanted to put those contacts to to good use, um, but you're, you're right in what you're saying. It's it's a very very simple idea, um, but um, you know we we've put an awful lot of time and effort into it, um, <clears throat> from the labelling to the leaflets, uh, etc. The leaflets have been reviewed by government bodies as well. Mm -hmm. um, so you know we are. I mean we're very very proud of the kits. We are very proud of the kits. Um, mm -hmm. And um, we, you know, we, we, we hope in, you know, five years time that, you know, 40 to 50 percent of schools will have these kits and, and, you know, there as a safeguard for children. Yeah. Yeah, that's a great goal. So obviously we want a lot of schools to have these kits. Can you tell us a little bit about what's inside the kits? Within this kit, there are two adrenaline auto injectors, a salbutamol inhaler and a, and a spacer um, mm. delivery system. Um, and then uh, we have various, depending on what kit you order, the various leaflets that sit inside there. So how to use an auto injector, how to recognise uh, an attack, um, mm -hmm. how to use an inhaler with spacer um, and storage care disposal, etc. And it also comes with security ties as well, mm -hmm. along with along with free courier delivery to anywhere in the UK. Okay. Um, so and the the um, asthma kit comes in blue and the rationale behind blue uh, was because uh, of a subutamol inhaler uh, mm. is normally mm. is normally blue That's right. um, the reason why we went for orange um, was because um, we didn't want to be similar to any other kit out there um, mm. like your first aid kit burns kit um, or you know anything top like that and the only color really which wasn't taken was um was orange and it, and it just happens to fit very well with our our brand colors as well nice. um, <laughs> very good. so yeah, yeah. um and, and, and as a as a little offshot from that um arc uh, came about um originally because of at the time when we were thinking about it guidelines had, had been changing as well mm -hmm. out in the community where patients should be carrying two adrenaline pens at all time um so we sort of started thinking down the lines of arc you know as in like the animals came in two by two and it just yeah. happened to fit very nicely with anaphylaxis rescue kit yeah. so uh, an asthma rescue kit so oh, wow. the the, st the stars were aligned on that on that day <laughs> oh i love that name the, the story behind that name that's awesome yeah that's great so, 
So we, we've put thought into everything, John. Yeah, yeah, clearly. That's amazing. I really mm -hmm. like that. Yeah. Um, you mentioned as well um, through the conversation, John, about one of the, the big challenges that you faced was around the demand with auto ejectors mm. here in the UK. Obviously, there was the, the recall with Emirate and then can you give us some insight into what was the whole big issue um, so that our listeners have more, a, a better understanding from somebody that was actually probably just a bit closer uh, to understand what was going on on the ground? Um, yes. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, I'll word this in such a way that um, uh, there are no legal um, repercussions. Um, <laughs> But um, now, look, look, I mean, if we start from the beginning, speaking from experience, um, we, let's say without um, any supply issue in the marketplace, mm. um, people seem to think that it's, it, it's a case of uh, a company will order X amount of pens um, and they know exactly how many they'll use each year and the order comes in and, and there you have it. Mm -hmm. It's not as simple as that with mm. adrenaline. Um, <clears throat> and it, it, a lot of that stems from its shelf life. Obviously, shelf, um, shelf right. life of, of all auto injectors have um, have got they've got a limited finite um, shelf life. Mm -hmm. um, so one of the key things that they you know each company do, and I know they do this because I used to do this is mm -hmm. is look at yes look at what stock you're going to be using within the market, but finding the the happy medium of having about a month's extra, a month and a half extra supply in, in, the, in, in the UK, um, just in case something happens, um, and, and ordering it on that sort of basis so that you're always getting a new batch in, which will have a longer shelf life. So you're trying to, from a, from a company point of view, you're trying to manage that shelf life into mm. the market to ensure that um, you're not gonna have stock sat on the shelves, losing shelf life. Um, so so that's where it, you know that that can be quite tricky now with the situation that happened about 18 months ago um from what i understand uh, and these views on my own mm -hmm. um there was an issue with regards to um epipen mm -hmm. um i think it was something to do with their manufacturing mm -hmm. uh, and this was at a global level um which um that coupled with the fact that emirate had been um, recalled uh, as well had a, had a knock-on effect and knock-on effect you know let's not net, let's not just look at the UK here we had, this had a knock-on effect globally um, you know there was shock supply shortages everywhere the US Canada absolutely everywhere mm -hmm. um, which had a knock-on effect in Europe with the other auto injectors um, and it's worth mentioning at this point that obviously EpiPen has probably has the lion's share of the market so if there's mm -hmm. a problem with that then people's normal supply is not yep. going to um, keep up with the additional demand. Um, so I think, you know, that's, that's the problem. The problem was it, it took, you know, it took the other manufacturers, i.e. ALK, by surprise. Um, and, you know, they were always on their back foot, really, trying to bring as much stock as they possibly could into the UK market. But at the same time as well, having to supply the rest of Europe too. Um, okay. It, it 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 was it, it was a very it was a very very difficult time um, and you know as I say coupled with the fact that an, one of the auto injectors had had left the market uh, or effectively had been you know had been recalled mm -hmm. and as you've got only two suppliers in the marketplace then it 
it you know it's a um, <clears throat> it can it can potentially turn into catastrophe uh, in in that respect. So it's you know it, it's tricky. Um, I mean, following on from that, you know the. Obviously, sometimes you get an issue where there's an awful lot of stock in the marketplace and people then end being dispensed product, mm. which has got a very low shelf life. Mm. Um, and, you know, some of that sometimes is caused not by a pharma company, it's caused by what happens in the actual supply chain. So yeah. before it actually gets to a pharmacy or whilst it's at the pharmacy, you know, it could be sat on the shelf for a month, two months, which from a product, you know, having a limited shelf life, two months, you know, is you know something yeah. you don't want to happen. Yeah, yeah. Well, why don't, uh, the, the question that we've been asked quite a bit, because obviously, Joey, you're in the US, I'm in yeah. the UK, so we have a very uh, widespread audience. And what a lot of people say is, if there are these issues happening, and the supply mm. and demand, why don't we have, for example, you've got the OVQ in the US, why yeah. don't we have something like that in the UK? Obviously, it has its benefits in the fact that it talks to you. Mm. Um, uh, and with a device like that, it's it's going to be quite expensive, um, and I, I just don't I don't think that the market could take um, uh, a product like that. Um, the NHS could take a product like that when there are cheaper options available with EpiPen and, and with Emirate. I think if 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 there were a generic to enter the marketplace, then mm. I think you know everyone would um, uh, you know everyone would would want that to happen. Mm-hmm. The I suppose the the only problem you you have with anybody entering the market, let's say with a, with an, a new auto injector, is is the market really is it, it's all based around trust and reliability, mm-hmm. right? And they were some of the key things that EpiPen mm-hmm. really used to play on was trust and reliability because it had been in the marketplace for such a, such a long time, and with mm-hmm. something like an uh, adrenaline auto injector, which you know effectively can save your life in minutes, yeah. mm-hmm. um, you need to know and have that confidence, but you know, this, this is going to work. So, you know, if you know, any, any pharma company who's listening and they want to bring a new auto injector to market, they, they have to prove they're reliable, um, you know, and they, and they have to, they have to really, you know, roll their arms up and go, okay, well, what, what are our competitors offering in, in the marketplace and yeah. what can yeah. we, what can we provide, which is, which is different um, and, and which, w- w- you know, which is different, but also a benefit to the patient, you know, yeah. Yeah. Um, but you know, to, you're, it's with RBQ, it's it's cost. It, mm-hmm. I'm afraid. I think it boils. Mm-hmm. My opinion it, is it boils down to cost. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. I mean, all you have to do is look at look at the cost of if you look at the cost of a let's say a, an EpiPen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. An EpiPen in the UK is now I think around about thirty four pounds. Oh, wow. Two EpiPens in the States, you're looking at six hundred pounds. Yeah. Wow. So in the US, that, you can. That's a difference, you, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, huge difference. So mm. in the US, you can probably swallow that cost mm. with a device like RVQ. In the yeah. UK, yeah. I would doubt very much that you will be able to manufacture and bring a product to market mm. for under thirty-four pounds, especially one like RVQ. Mm. Right, right. Mm. That's very interesting because that was a big thing when RVQ was re-released re- into the US market in twenty seventeen. Mm. Mm. they a lot of what they did was they competed on on price because they were coming back to the market they had a program where you were able to get them for little to to nothing right probably within that like 30 or so pound range as they were mm. trying to build up more of that trust and and come back after having been recalled i think five or six years prior yeah so i think that's really interesting it, it was kind of the, the reverse situation mm. on our side here mm. yeah 
Yeah. Wow. And don't forget, don't forget as well. You know, you know, you've got a brand mm -hmm. like EpiPen, which is effectively it's a juggernaut mm -hmm. you know, of a yeah. brand, yeah. And, and it really, it really yeah. is. It's, it's a bit like you know, the you Google know, of search engines. Well, or, or you know, Hoover before yes. Dyson came along. You know, it's, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, it, it's yeah, it's it's it. It's everyone has trusted that brand for an awful long time, yeah. but yeah. you know, you know, Jax now. I think Jax is, you know, if you looked at look at devices as a whole mm. um, in the UK, they're they're pretty similar, and they are. Yeah, mm. yeah. Um, well, and it, and it comes down to personal preference. It does. It yeah. does. And uh, the the other thing about administering adrenaline, though, is that there is a lot of anxiety because mm. essentially you you're you're using a very long needle. What do you see the future and innovation and, and inventions happening to administer adrenaline in alternative ways? Is it always going to be an injection? Um, oh, look, I mean, I think many people have these, these conversations. Um, mm. There are new, you know, there are new genetic plans which have come into the market in the US, which you all know, Joey. Um, you know, and there are products in development um, mm -hmm. from products which are smaller, mm -hmm. um, which is being produced by a company called Wingaps. Mm -hmm. um, so it's a smaller product uh, and professing a longer shelf life. And then you've got um, other sort of like startup, well, I'm not sure if they're startup, but other companies who are looking at it from a, a sublingual point of view um, um, and also mm -hmm. from a spray point of view as well. So, right. so it, it is something it's, it, that it is being looked at, mm -hmm. um, definitely without a shadow of a doubt. But yeah. um, you know, it's it, will it will it be as effective as, as an adrenaline auto injector? You know, I, I don't know. Right. I think time will tell. But mm. um, for the time being, I think you know everyone's stuck with unfortunately putting a, a needle into their thigh. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, and we had Jane on from Medpack. So Jane Towns, the, the founder of Medpack, and I'm sure because you mix in very similar circles, <laughs> you know each other. But yes. um, when we were chatting with her, one of the things that she brought up was about the challenges that schools face um, with managing children with allergies and various conditions and mm -hmm. how there needs mm -hmm. to be a better partnership um, between parents and schools. What yeah. would your advice be as to when looking at protecting the child um, um, in these kind of scenarios? I think it's twofold really. It's, uh, for me, it's um, education is one. Um, and the other one is, is collaboration. Mm -hmm. um, there has to be that that collaboration between the parent and obviously I'm not a, a parent who has a neither of my children suffer with allergies um, but um, you, you have to have that you you know it's very important you have that uh, collaborative approach uh, with the teacher uh, and sitting down yeah. with the school um, you know even if it's just something as simple as here is the allergy action plan mm -hmm. and, uh, and and just going with that but making sure those those conversations happen not periodically mm. they happen on a regular basis mm. because mm. you know the things can happen you know with the child so such as you know something is something as simple as like you know they you know uh, over a period of six months they they no longer fit into the character or into the category of being injected with a 150 mm. microgram pen mm. they now sit in the the higher dose range yeah. you know right. so it's yeah. some you know it's it's having those you know 
those conversations and meaningful conversations as as sure. well not not just um before and after or, or after school or something mm. like that you know proper mm. you know as if you were having a meeting a proper yep. meeting um yeah uh, that industry would have but you're you're just having that with the school um and you know but uh yeah, I mean it's difficult. Look, I mean it's it's difficult for schools at the moment. They've got you know we've got so much on their plate. Yeah. You know, I think most parents um, have a uh, a better appreciation of of teachers now, mm -hmm. following the first lockdown. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> um, yes. Uh, I, I know I do. Uh, I also know the fact that you know I thought I was good at maths and clearly I'm not. And uh, <laughs> that's a good thing you I, don't need that in business, isn't it? No, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and if anyone takes away my Excel spreadsheet, I'm in trouble. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. Um, but you know they, they've got they've got so much on their hands. You know, just you know getting the schools ready. For, you know, or you know safe for, for children with, with covid you know you know even some things little as you know rewriting their sops and mm -hmm. you know god forbid somebody you know they test positive within the school and mm -hmm. that's you know more work for them to do um so i mean they've got an awful lot and this is let's let's be honest you know anaphylaxis is is let's say with the allergy kit or with the asthma kit it's just you know such a small small piece of, of, sure. of what they actually have to do yeah, um, yeah. so and i'm I, you know i'm i'm, I'm acutely aware so you know, hats off to schools at this present moment in time because it, it you know, it must yeah. be. Uh, we, look, we're we're all learning. Let's let's be honest. You know, I mean, I'm I I would put myself as relatively digital savvy, um, yeah. but there are an awful lot of people out there who, uh, and schools out there, um, who have suddenly had to switch all of their education to to an online online education platform. That's so, right. Yeah. You know, yeah. That's, it's not easy. You know, it's easier said than done. So mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. yeah. So what could parents do then? What would your top three tips for parents be to take away from this? Top three um, from a, a general allergy perspective or? Yeah. Yeah. Um, for, yeah. For having that collaborative yes. process with teachers. Yeah. Like what would you, what would you advise them? Oh, the main thing is communicate. It, mm -hmm. it's, it's communicate um communicate with the schools um and if the parents have to train the schools uh, mm -hmm. on how to use you know their child's uh, auto injector because they've all got different methods of administration um but uh, i think it, it, it it's it's it is it's collaboration it's it's ensuring that that collaboration stays and you know and they and they you know it doesn't fall by the wayside uh, and you know, it, it's it's held on a, on a on a regular basis. Um, from our point of view, from Ark's point of view, mm. you know, we will do what we can uh, to to help you know educate uh, uh, as much as we can um, uh, and and where we can. Um, and everything we do is for free, um, apart from the kids. Okay. Um, so we, we don't we don't charge people uh, at all. Um, but yeah, so to, to answer your question, Joey, it's collaboration and communication are the, are the two main things uh, for me and, um, and regular mm. communication as well. Where can they find out more if they want to learn more about ARC? Yes. If they want to learn more about ARC, um, we are online at arcinschools.com, um, which is all one word, arcinschools, okay. all one word, uh, inschools.com. We are on Twitter um, and we are on Facebook um and but yeah you'll find everything you'll find everything there um and there's you know if anyone's got any questions um then there's a they can either fill in a 
a uh, contact form uh, online um, or they can send me an email directly which is john at arcsolutionsuk.com uh, and i'll be more than happy to talk to uh, to, to anybody great so for anybody that's at home listening on podcast or youtube uh, we'll be sure to put the links to your social media and to your website right in the description so that anyone can go on and find out more about arc that'll be great thank you very much and please follow us on twitter Thank you for inviting me. Really appreciate it. Um, thank you so much. Yeah, looking forward to having you back on sometime soon, John. Anytime you like. Thanks. Take care. Bye. Bye, everybody. Bye.